Wow, what a day, huh? Looking good. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is actually. It's yeah. very gray here, though. Well, I think you know it's. It, you know, we were talking yesterday, you know, about the hospital thing, and I thought, you oh, know yeah. what, that's kind of closer to our topic than our critical race theory. Once we more I looked at it, I thought it's everywhere. It's everywhere. What can I say? Well, it's, that's a tease, I guess. So what we oh. got to do is get this show on the road. Let me harness my chi. Give me a second here. Hey, welcome to the Bro Show. You made it. Yeah, my wow. name's Jerry. My name's John. Okay, we are the bros. We are actual biological brothers, same mother, same father. And we do this every Saturday, sometime in the morning between 7.30 and 8, depending upon the time zone one or both of us are in. Right now we're in the same time zone, right, John? Yeah, that's we're on the same page for once. That's good. It happens. Or maybe it, happens. it does happen. We we get there occasionally. We get there occasionally, and we talk about four things. First thing we talk about is an animal. <sighs> we have an animal associated with a season. It mm. just so happens that today, this, John, believe it or not, this is our 12th season and our eighth episode of the 12th season, and this is the season of the meerkats, so our animal story this week is... A meerkat story, right? Yes, that's exactly right. Second and I thing we do, to, what's it? I can't. What? Oh, I can't begin to think of all the math to come up with exactly how many shows we've done. Do that maybe some other no, for another no, episode. We can't do that. No, I'm challenged to do that. The second thing we do is we have a word that we usually ran into oh. during research, right? Mm. Yes, that's right. Third thing is we have a two takes. These are mm. our takes on a big topic of some sort. And last but not least, we have two groaners. <sighs> Bad jokes. Bad jokes. Yeah. Not so good jokes. Not really. Not really. <laughs> but, hey, some people tune in just for the groaners. I mean, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's it's pretty alarming. But in any case, yeah, that that's the deal. That's our intro. That's what it's all about. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this wonderful podcast. Just it's all over the place. You know, if yep. you go to our website and find us, then you'll see there's little subscribe buttons. All that means is no money out of your pocket, no money anywhere. It's all free. Yep. That means you'll get something in your mailbox every time we finish producing a show. You'll get it sometime Saturday morning before noon. And yeah, the yeah. producer really, really works hard to make sure it's very timely. But gets it done quick. Yeah. Doesn't mess yeah. around. I don't. And you know what? There's, our link is so easy to remember. It's almost too easy. It is www.bro.show. Hey, hey. No good. No.com, just dot .show. That's a real it's domain. It's only taken me about four years, and I'm able to actually tell people that link. It's not straightforward. It's so simple, it's hard. <laughs> That's right? it. it. It's too easy to be true. Yeah, yeah, it is. People doubt us. They think, oh, you guys are getting older. You don't know how this Internet thing works. Yeah, yeah. Mm. we were there when it was hey, invented. You, you, you got a shirt on? Yeah, you wearing anything? So I just um, <laughs> let's go with the shirt only. Yeah, let's just point. stick with the uh, yeah. stick with the shirt. I I'm wearing the Technicolor shirt today. I'm wearing the Bro Show Second Ooh. Edition shirt. This is an oldie but a goodie, and uh, it's very colorful. And oh, how about yeah. you? I'm wearing the first edition. I'm wearing the original. 
Oh, wow. uh, I'm going to fist bump. Both of black and white. Uh, yeah. Yes, both have fist bumps. Mine's podcasting our way through cancer, age, and loss. And we realized we had to kind of broaden our topics after that. Uh, you yeah, might we talk did. about about being old coots that and yeah. so often. Well, so we, we, we both we both kind of pulled the pulled the nose of the plane up cancer wise. Yeah. So not yeah. as much to talk about there. So. And we had to change. We've ad- we adapted. We can do it. We, we can do it. We're, we're very you flexible. Ready? Yes. What's our sponsor? What's our sponsor? Hey, our sponsor is the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And this fund's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interest of animals through the legal system. Uh, they accomplish this by filing high-impact lawsuits to protect those critters from harm, providing free legal service when prosecutors need some help. And supporting tough animal protection. And this week I took a little further look into it and saw that there's some collaborations. And one I want to comment on is that I have mentioned nothing about animal testing. And we know that can be very harmful to critters. And sure enough, what are they doing? They're working with some of the top. um, The Defense Fund is working with some of the top uh, medical institutions such as John Hopkins to maybe shift the paradigm a little bit as to how we treat animals when we're doing testing and trying to eliminate some of the harmful, uh, harmful effects thereof. And most important, we also have swag when it comes to this oh, sponsor. Oh, 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 swag. Me like. T-shirt's good. Yeah. Ooh, T-shirt's good. <laughs> you know, I wore my animal, my a- ADL, whatever this is, acronym, a- ALDF shirt for so many days. It was embarrassing. You know, I really like it though. It's got this killer whale on the front, and it's got a color blue, like unlike any other I've ever seen. Yeah. And I really like that shirt, and I want to thank you again for getting that for me. That was wonderful. And uh, so we really like these guys. They use the same uh, uh, printer that we use for our T-shirts, and that's Bonfire. And they have a direct mm-hmm. link to nonprofits. So every time someone buys one of our T-shirts, the money goes to our sponsor and that sponsor this season is the animal legal defense fund so you will see john believe this or not we have six different meerkat t-shirts oh bro show six and we six. also have and and three different types of t-shirts i might add and we two different types of t-shirts and we have mugs we have six different mugs with that same artwork that's on the t-shirt wow. on the mug so you can get a set you can get a match well. set you can mix set we got three kinds of mugs, big, small, enamel, the whole works. This is really, we have our own merchandise mart. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I like that. Say. I like that. Merch. Merch. Merch, in this case. Merch. Yeah. Merch. yeah, you're right. I got I to gotta work on that pronunciation. But yeah. good stuff. I have the one shirt with the, uh, the meerkats swinging bats, baseball season oh, yeah. approaching. So all good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, yeah, the thing is, John, all that artwork on those T-shirts and mugs, that's all generated by artificial intelligence. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not just that, handy. but you, it does come in handy. Also, our photo bombs are done by AI, by uh, mid-journey AI. Yeah, Great it for makes him. us keep yeah. from, we know that we're just, we could be prime bait for uh, for legal, uh, for uh, intellectual property violations uh-huh. if we didn't use that uh, that software. Well, mm. Our profile's getting too too high. Yeah, and, that's right. And they were out there for everybody to see, and they are looking. 
Yeah, they are looking. They're making sure people don't steal the intellectual <laughs> property, and we do not want to do that, do we? I think we got a meerkat story. I think we do, too. Oh, man. Uh, this is – I like your title for it. Meet the meerkat mama. And what about this? This uh, – I, I get a feeling of like Queen Bee uh, stuff here with respect to the meerkats. A dominating factor, perhaps, mm, enlightened mm. us. Yeah, this is really something uh, – it's kind of like the inverse of a harem, you know, with the mm. harem, which is common in many mammal species. You know, whales do this. They have a, they have a pod and they have one whale that does all the inseminating. And, you know, that's how it works. And they fight for the right to do that. So they always have the strongest possible calves because mm. they're battle tested. But what happens with the meerkat mama is the inverse of that. There's one meerkat female meerkat usually the biggest and the smartest that uh takes care of all the reproductive stuff but it's more than right. that john it is it's more than that let me let me elaborate on this just a little bit so what happens here is that if any other meerkats want to have babies they have to have the blessing of the meerkat mama yes matriarchal yeah and the, if they don't then i'm ooh, I don't go into it. that the the, the, no, the, the consequences are very dire. They are um, dire. There's more though. There's more. Not about bring that. It on. But the, bring there's it more on. stuff they do. When there's a threat of any kind, it is the head meerkat, the meerkat mama, who heads up the offensive, the battle plan. Uh, how they're gonna, you know, if there's a predator coming, if there's a cobra that's coming in the neighborhood, <laughs> she leads the charge and if there's a, an eagle or something is swooping around likewise she leads and enforces everybody into the tunnels so they can't get mm -hmm. swooped so you know we all know about the sentinels we've talked about that before and they play a vital role but the meerkat mama is really the one who is the brains of the outfit she organizes she leads offensive defensive it's incredible all the stuff she does and you know, when she is done with her work and she's retiring which is to say expiring yes someone takes her place and that is the uh, female meerkat the largest smartest female meerkat yeah, they have it all happens all over again. if they yeah if they realize that the, the the head is getting a little old they start looking mm -hmm. around and they don't want to do do quick because if nope. the mama meerkat feels any sense of threat uh -oh. you will be banned and if you end up being banned you are come outside the family. You're as good as dead. Predators are all over you, so you got to be careful and yeah. go by the lay of the of the meerkat, meerkat mama land. And I, I think one thing we need to understand: don't we don't want to get dark here. We need to understand that all animals have a way of kind of balancing their act in terms of their population, etc., and take some rather dire ways to do it. But what I want to point out is: do not. Read articles such as Meet the World's Most Murderous Mammal, the Meerkat. Do not Ooh, read that article. No, don't read that article. You don't, you don't need to see that. But, you know, it, you're right. It is a common practice. And not that not to go light on vanishing either. You know, that's that's a rough thing. It's hard among humans, too. You know, you get dependent upon your social group. And if you get kicked out of it, it's not a minor thing. It's, it's pretty bad yeah. stuff. That's for sure. It is. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay, well enough on that. We got a word.
Yeah, we do have a word. Our word is red, two words actually, red lining. And red lining is a discriminatory practice by which banks, insurance companies, etc., limit loans and insurance within specific geographic areas. So to give you an example sentence, redlining has has led to black communities missing out on owning property and accruing generational wealth as after they were forced to remain in neighborhoods and reinforcing segregation. So Ooh. I got that from a, a my source is a an article called Redlining Then and Now. So it's it's a specific practice that takes place, uh, and it's not good. And it just you know, and no, so that's not that's what it's all about. Um, wow, still happens yeah, somewhat. But, Hopefully, it's kind of. But again, it's it's uh, it's hard to get away from these social uh, systems. So yeah, it wasn't uh, just in terms of origins. Wasn't this originally people taking a red pen and drawing boundaries around neighborhoods? Yeah, and I, uh, you're absolutely right. And I think there's another thing to remember. Redlining, uh, as we know with many words or many phrases, has uh, uh, several different uh, definitions. And this one, quite often from the writing viewpoint, redlining would be editing. So, again, editing, a uh, taking a, a map and yeah. editing in terms of what you want to do and how you want to proceed as it relates to giving out loans. Yeah, that's what it's about. You got it. Yeah, well, you know, that's one of the big things, too, and we're going to talk about this just in a minute. But, you know, the big thing that stuck out with me with this uh, with this example you have here, accruing generational wealth. Mm, yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You, and, you know, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Because sure. That's that's how community look. Look at what's happened in mainstream society is that the longer a group is in the United States, let's say an ethnic group like Italians or Irish or or Lithuanians or whatever group you want to name, the longer they're in the United States, the more generational wealth they accrue, the better education their children get, their grandchildren get a situation where, you know, they have different assumptions about how life should be, how life should be. Think about the communities who don't get that. Right. It's just the opposite, you know, and what happens is they watch everybody else move ahead and they don't. And what does that do? Well, that reinforces poverty, reinforces crime. So it's not a good thing. There's actually something that is very important. that's very big in the news, John. And I think that's our, our two takes. It has. To that do is this. sure does. I mean, as we take a look at uh, this is Black History Month. And as a result, there is a there's a uh, a phrase that's being used, thrown about, and uh, it's called critical race theory. Now, what's interesting about this is this is a thing where I, you see it, you read a little bit about it, you say I get it, and then within minutes you forget it. And I think one of the problems it has is that we take a look at this phrase, critical race theory. First thing, you're not getting off to a good start by saying critical. And then we're right. going to finally learn that maybe it's not exactly specifically only race. And the only word that makes sense in this whole phrase is theory, because there's yeah. really no action. And if you start rushing towards trying to come to outcomes, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're not going to understand it. So I'd right. like to just quickly go through just I got an outline here, but I'll, I'll just kind of hit the high points. There's, okay. You know, I thought, well, we'll start with the definition. That comes out of dictionary.com. Uh, so CRT, as it's referred to, that's the acronym, 
for critical race theory is a set of ideas holding that racial bias is inherent in the many parts of our society, the systems that we have in local legal institutions, social institutions. And based upon that design, which has been going on forever, it's got an early start in our history. We are left. 1619. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, and that's another problem. Uh, implemented by white people. And here we've got a definition already that's off to a bad start because it, it, yeah. it, it, it ends with the bad, it ends with white people. And what we're going to learn is it's rather than white people, let's put in there the dominating group of people. And I think yeah. that would be a better way of saying. So what yeah. we found is that there's more there's rather than understanding this concept, there's more controversy. And it's it's basically because uh, lawmakers in over 40 states have banned the and restricted CRT teaching in public schools. Now, public schools, that's like high school. Here I am. I don't even understand this. And and while we're all of a sudden we're banding something we really don't get or a lot of people don't get. That's so right. this has become politicized and attacked as a sort of an idea. Since we're trying to help everybody, all of a sudden it's threatened. To, it's sort of anti-American. Come on. We're supposed to do the American way of life where everybody has a chance to succeed and be better than others. Well, you know, they were trying to do something good. So it's a background. It's about 40 years old. Uh, it can be traced back to the 1970s when lawyers, and I think we're going to find that it's got a legal yeah. scholar background rather than sociology. And yeah. they, what they do, we realized that back 40 years ago, I think some of these scholars said, you know what, we're making some progress with respect to addressing areas, a civil rights area, but we're not moving as fast as we could. And they, they thought about it a little bit and said, you know what, one of the things that's holding us back is the systems that we've created, which in, it, which basically manifests uh, a bias. So you can not have uh, be a racist, but the system is racist. So therefore, you're kind of caught in a tight spot. So it proceeded where uh, workshops uh, and three scholars came together, wrote a book uh, back about 1993. And that over the past 40 years, we've found that it's it's been more of an academic thing where there's been a lot of uh, articles there's been, uh, you know, journals in uh, books, et cetera, on this. And it really came to the forefront in recent years because of two things, the police department and the way that they have addressed and the killings that quite often have taken place. Primarily when we looked at like the George Floyd killing and the Breonna Taylor killing, we, we looked at police and we realized saw a system and all of a sudden this concept comes up. I'm not going to yeah. go through all of the of, of the beliefs that that surround it but clearly uh racism uh has been a uh, and it's an experience that that people uh, of color it, it's not like a one-time thing they all of a sudden you know get up and they run into it a couple times a day it's something that they feel all the time yeah um, Race theory, and it's not biological, but it's a socially constructed to benefit dominant groups. So yep. we'll talk a little bit about that uh, a bit later. And um, what we've done, and, is and you know, it's not, you're right. It's not. It's not even limited to people of color. You know, it's right. disadvantaged groups. That's and, the words know, we have to replace that with in order to yeah. really get the full wide lens we need to look at as yeah. we uh, address this this 
And uh, the other, and this is sort of one of the concepts which you're alluding to, and that is no one has a single identity. You know, your identity right. is not only race, but it could be gender, it could be religion, it could be sexual orientation, it could be age, it could be disability. We yep. need to look at it in terms of all these factors. Yep. I think that uh, the other thing we need to understand is we might empathize. Anybody might empathize as it relates to the, some some of these things. But we need to understand that only the people that are affected by it are the ones who can really speak out against it. And we need to listen is what, it, yeah. what we have here. Yeah. So uh, just a couple concepts in that a, a person can participate, as I've said before, in a racial act based upon the internal system bias and really not be a racist themselves. And that doesn't mean you get off the hook because of it, but it needs to need to understand the key words here as we take a look at this our understanding, awareness, looking through a lens that allows us to consider some of these concepts. Yeah. Um, I also think that because it is so great, don't jump, like I said before, to outcomes, but realize by looking at this, we understand we have got some enormous challenges in front of us. So uh, think about it, it, yourself as an individual, the empathy. I want to finish up a little bit with what is not and uh and and yeah, a couple of things good. I've already mentioned is number one it is it is not something it's not a, a critical lens uh so it's it's not something where we're thinking about it being anti-american uh and it's and it's it's looking at more of an equitable equitable society but it's not a mandate for a marxist ideology and the, we mentioned before 1619 it is not trying to rewrite history. This is not where we're trying to, it's taking a look at the systems, but it's not trying to rewrite the history book. So right. it's not about solutions, it's about understanding. And I think the biggest thing that I want you to, maybe you could comment a little about, that it yeah. is not just about race. I think we've emphasized that before, but we can't emphasize it enough. And maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about it as we finish up the topic. As to how this, yeah. how this works. Yeah, it, it it's not. Uh, you know, and like you said, people have multiple identities. And and this is the good part about this is it's not criticism in, in it's not you being criticizing somebody. That's right. taking the, the definition of criticism and really uh, making it personal. Criticism in the literary sense is looking at something critically, which means right. what are the pieces and parts? How does it affect the people and the systems around us? So critical race theory is really a beautiful thing once you start to understand what it is and what it is not. So the right. fear of it is manufactured. It's not real. It's being misrepresented and misunderstood intentionally because people are afraid. They want right. to hold on to an idea they have about the way their lives should be. But there is a way to deal with this stuff. We're going to talk about this just in a minute and end on that. But I think that once you start understanding, it's groups that have the advantage over groups that are disadvantaged, not because an individual wants it that way, but because the system has been built that way. And it occurred a long time ago in an age when People looked at each other differently and they viewed society differently. Remember, before we were the United States, we were a colony and we were ruled yes. by a king, a single king. And so we have a very we inherited a very top down 
uh, unegalitarian hierarchical system. We had haves and have nots. We, you know, yes. and that that that's where the 1619 part of this comes into play. So right. we have it going back that far. And of course, 1619 is the first first time human beings were put on on uh, the auction block for sale as slaves. Right. So this is this is a moment in history. And if we start there and go forward and look at how our society got structured, then we can figure out how to fix it. And that's when we get into action. Now, CRT does not deal with outcomes or solutions, but there's something that has grown out of CRT, John, that is important, and it's called targeted, targeted universalism. This is this is a possible methodology to rectify some of these situations. And you know, if you you and I have talked about on the show before this uh, this movie, my favorite enemy. Yeah. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the title of it. I'm not absolutely positive. But anyway, it's a great movie. And it includes this process called charrettes. Targeted universalism and charrettes are very similar in many regards. What it means is targeted universalism is when you get stakeholders, people from different groups, advantaged and disadvantaged, and get them in one place, whether you know it's Zoom or whether it's a physical place, and say, okay, where do we want to be in 10 years? How do we want our community to look in 10 years? And people start throwing things out and people start writing them down. Okay, we we agree that we all want to get here. And that's where the universal part comes in. There's universal agreement on where you want to go or where you want to end up. Okay, then here's the targeted part. Then you say, okay, each stakeholder, what's keeping you from getting there? They list the things. Mm-hmm. Okay, and each disadvantaged group has different things that are keeping them from getting there. Maybe it's education. Maybe it's treatment by the police. Maybe it's health care. So what you have to do is each one of these groups, stakeholders, they have a different path toward the goal because they have certain advantages and certain disadvantages. And what you have to do is acknowledge what those are and deal with them, not pretend like they're not there. So this targeted universalism, I think, has great hope. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that also needs to be focused on when discussions of CRT come up to keep it from becoming squabbles and, and to get fairness injected into the thing. Right. So that's our that's our. Oh, good. Now. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea that we kind of end up with moving towards solutions, not having solutions, but definitely having a road or a path whereby we well, might you, be able to accomplish some things. Understand the data. It's not going to happen. You'll have the data. Right. Have the data and we need to understand that this is something that grows slowly because some of these things we need to do need to be started at, you know, at birth practically for people uh, so that they have the right mindset, uh, both the dominating groups and the disadvantaged. So that's the only yeah. way it's going to happen. Absolutely. All good. Well, all good. Yep. We have two groaners and these groaners, these groaners have been, I want to make this very clear, have been provided to me. By Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. So I am the deliverer. I'm delivering this message. I'm delivering these groaners. Don't criticize me. Criticize the coach. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> there was a bus and someone got thrown yeah, out. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I, uh, why was the death of an obese parrot such a relief to its owner? Why was the death of an obese parrot such a relief to its owner? I don't know. It took a huge weight off his shoulder. <laughs> That is terrible. <laughs> that is awful. I can Man. get worse. I can get worse. Well, it's got me groaning, so you succeeded. <laughs> Go ahead. What is the toughest part of being in the tightest hat competition? What is the toughest part of being in the tough, in the tightest hit competition? Tightest hat? Tightest hat, like a cap competition the toughest oh, part of man. that competition is are you ready yeah it's hard to pull off oh god you're right <laughs> those are both equally awful thank you for those yeah. groaners i groaned okay i did too all good out of here